You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So, yeah. Before we end this, we have got to talk about the the big elephants in the fucking room, which is Batman versus Superman and Justice. Okay. So that I I tried to like Batman versus Superman. Yeah. I re I there's a lot of the problems. Thing, <laughs> there's a lot the of problems. Thing, oh my god, there's so many fucking problems. Uh, I went on a whole if you're curious of my actual like long rant about it, you check out my Rick's rants. I actually did two versions of it. I did like, I did the regular smaller version, and then I did like the fucking director's cut, which is just like me for fifty minutes, just like what the fuck was this movie? And speaking um, of the director's cut, it didn't help. In a lot of movies, no, the director's no, cut help. makes, at least in my opinion, makes it better. Like for example, we talked about the movie earlier, Daredevil. The director's cut of Daredevil is much better than the theatrical release. There's agreed. There's that whole. There's a lot more of the courtroom stuff. I certainly didn't need Coolio, but what are you gonna do? Um, you know. But even he didn't do a bad job. He wasn't like in there rapping or being silly or ridiculous. He just played a criminal. So okay, whatever. But you know, the director's cut of that wasn't bad. Right. And in a lot of cases, director's cut makes it better. Now another quick addition of it not being good was the director's cut of Almost Famous. I love that movie, and the director's cut, to me, is bad. I like the theatrical release better. I never saw the director's cut. Don't. <laughs> okay. No, um, it's... Um, I, 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 I could agree. Sometimes director's cut works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but, well, real th- quick. Sometimes it also... My biggest issue with the Almost uh-huh. Famous one is that on most movies, if you get a director's cut... There's always an option for the theatrical release as well, so you can see either or. A lot, of, most of the times, you get an either or. On the almost famous one, if you buy the director's cut, that's all you get. So I and I sold my theatrical release when I bought the extended cut, assuming I was getting both options, as you generally do. And now I don't have almost famous anymore, basically. So, um, for something like the movie Amadeus, oh, I love that movie. I- I saw the theatrical cut many, 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 many times. And then I saw the director's cut uh, about maybe two or three years ago. And it's longer and it adds more scenes, but it also was not needed. Right. The only, the only scene that really kind of sticks out, it was uh, Mozart's wife tries to seduce Salieri. Like, she just takes her clothes off. Right that, might, that might be the one they're showing show now because that's the version i've seen no i had like the original vhs like copy of it pre director's cut no, i get that but they, i'm saying was, 
like if they air it now on TV, I'm bet you they're using the director's cut because I've seen that scene before, and that's the only way I've ever seen the movie. It depends on what station they're putting it on. They put it well, on like HBO. Yeah, no, it's or oh, I only watch it if it's on like HBO or Showtime or one of those premium channels. Like I don't watch it on. I tend not to watch movies on standard cable if I can help it because I hate all the editing and cutting and commercial breaks and all that shit. Sure. Um, but yeah, for Batman vs. Superman, it, it, I'll tell you how they could have helped it. Uh, not have Jesse Eisenberg be Lex Luthor. Uh, have him be the Riddler. He would have been a fucking amazing Riddler. Better than Luthor, yeah. But, I mean, I, I remember... The big thing about it was there was a lot of comparison from his Luther to Heath Ledger's Joker. And yeah. I'm like, you guys did not watch the fucking same movie I saw because Heath Ledger's Joker was pure anarchy and chaos. Whereas Eisenberg's Lex Luthor came off as a cokehead that you see at a bar who really wants a friend and really wants to not do drugs alone. Well, okay, I can see that, but I can also see the the link that they, uh, these other people made. And let me tell you where I see it and then tell me what you think. And I'm not saying I agree, but I see the link they're making. First off, the look was similar with the hair. I mean, he didn't have the, the scars, of course, but the hair, that whole thing. And then the franticness. They're both very frantic a lot. You know what I mean? And that that's where it's similar. I agree with you. Ultimately, the Joker character by Heath Ledger is substantially better than Luther. But... There's where the connection lies. It's still it's it's weak, but it's there. Yeah, I, I see the point is that they're both twitchy. They're both like, you know, just kind of like especially uh, Ledger's uh tongue flicking flip thing. Um but and here's the thing, here's the argument that well, comes in. Real that- quick, I one example of a scene that I would say that you could get that from is when he's talking to when Lee, when Ledger as the Joker is talking to Harvey Dent in the hospital. So it's towards the end of the movie, and he's talking about like, do I look like a guy with plans? I, I I'm, I'm a car, I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with it. I caught it. Like that's which, yeah. But that that is also a lie. If we're talking about that, because it's still relevant, we're talking about Batman. Uh, I I focus a lot on that. And the Joker clearly does have a plan. He of always course. has a plan. So him telling him that him telling Harvey that is pure lies. No, and I know that. At, yeah. If you look at that scene again, he's got his his thumb on the on the um, hammer. Oh, does so he? If, if yeah, if if Harvey tried to blow uh, uh, Joker, uh, you know, blow his fucking face off with the gun that Joker hands him. It would it would have not have fired. His thumb would have prevented it. Right. So that's the point. Is he does have a plan. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He no, may I, be insane and he may be chaos incarnate, but he knows what the fuck he's doing. Whereas I know. I agree. Luther, but I'm just talking about the way he acted in that moment. That's what I mean. Right. Like the actual acting that was done, or in the way he spoke. What my problem was is that they kept they. This is supposed to be the Lex Luthor that we all kind of grew up with, you know, whether it's played by Gene Hackman or Kevin Spacey, who I think did a superior job. The best or, Luther I've ever seen, hands down. Or or Clancy Brown uh, voicing him in the Superman animated series. That's okay, the other thing well, is Clancy yeah. Brown, who was the villain at Highlander and also the voice of fucking Mr. Krabs. 
He's also he's also just two quick things. He's the head guard in Shawshank. He's the head guard in Shawshank. He he had a he had a small role in the Nightmare Also remake. He's a good actor and he's what, intimidating. Wait. He's tall and broad. Right, but he's also so his most recent credit, or if not the most recent, it's right recently. There's this game that came out called Detroit Becoming Human, which you've probably seen commercials for, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's a PS4 title, and I know you don't have one of those yet. Um, but the the game is he's one of the main protagonists, so he's in. Let's see. Well, the game's broken up the way the way the game's broken up. I'll say he's in sixty percent of the game. Well, he is a well-respected, established voice and, actor. I but mean, it's he, not his voice. It's mocap. It's him. Well, yeah, I'm sure he. that's the next step of, of voice acting is mocap. Right. For, no, I'm just game. saying because, yeah, Andy Serkis, right. So, But that's my point is that it's it's not just his voice, which I know he's good at doing because he's in a ton of other games, too, as just a voice. But in this one, it's him full-on acting. So he did a well, really shit. good job. He's, he's, in, he's in Arrow and The Flash as well. He plays that general or he's a Supergirl. He's in one of them. Is he? Yeah. I'll look it up. He plays. He plays. Are you looking up or are you me? I got it. Yeah, he is in like the Flash, or he's in Arrow, or he's in Supergirl. He plays some evil general or some shit. Try. He, I think it's Flash because I think he's trying to fucking get uh, Gorilla Grodd, or it's uh, uh, Man Shark or some or King, uh, King Shark. Shark. He's in yeah. Thor you know apparently too. He's in Ragnarok. Really? Surtur. He's the voice of Surtur. Isn't that the big oh, horn well, guy? Yeah, he's the giant uh, demon thing. So he's yeah. a voice. But I'm talking about he's on screen. No, no, no. I get like that. Sp- but I'm just, I didn't realize he was in Ragnarok. Yeah. But you were making a point about him while I was, while I'm looking this up. So go ahead. <coughs> well, I'm saying that he voiced Lex Luthor. And for me, pound for pound, he is the voice I hear when I hear Lex Luthor. Not fucking the guy who was in Social Network. Not a Weasley, you know, like the argument is, is that this Lex Luthor, while he is the Lex Luthor who's going up against Superman, he is the son of the original Lex Luthor. He's Lex Luthor. He's Lex Jr. And in the comics, which I hate to admit it, they are kind of accurate on this one. He, you know, Lex Luthor's son, Lex Luthor Jr. is very... He's got long hair, and he is kind of weaselly, and he is kind of creepy. He's not the, you know, intimidating, big, bald fucking Lex Luthor we all grew up kind of admiring and, and despising. Um, and that's my problem, is if they had just established this was Lex Jr., then I would not have much to bitch about. Right. Because it's a whole other character. But if they're really trying to ram the, uh, this down our throats, that this is Lex Luthor, and this is going to be the Lex Luthor that we have to get used to. That's what pisses me off. Because you know, I got to say they did one thing with Supergirl. Um, oh wait, real quick, not to get off my point, but we talked about Green Lantern, and you were looking up the villain. He is the voice of Parallax. Oh well, I mean, he's a great voice actor. He's no, he is, but I just, I just thought that was kind of ironic, considering we're yeah. kind of spread. But um, but they in Supergirl at one point they do talk about how. Lex is in jail for trying to kill Superman. Like, I, at least it feels to me like they flat pulled from Justice League. And it's the only reference to the movie world that they've ever really done on any of these shows. And I'm not 100% certain that it is, but it feels... 
I, I think that's a different Lex. I think I don't think they're I don't think they're making it be this Lex from the Justice League one or the Batman v Superman one. I think it's in their own world a separate Lex, just like in their world it's a separate superhero, a separate Superman. It's not Henry Cavill, right? It's whoever the fuck it is, who I thought did an okay job. I didn't love it. What's his name? Tyler Hoken or something? Or something? It was okay. It, the, the cape kind of pissed me off. I think I think you have your shows backwards when it comes back to Clancy Brown for a minute because I'm not finding him in the Berlanti verse anywhere, but he was in Daredevil as a colonel. Okay, you might be right. So, I mean, I'm just going off his IMDb, but he's not coming. He's in, yeah, he was in Punisher and in Daredevil as the same character. Okay, Major then, then you're right. That's what it was. So he wasn't on Flash or, or anything like that, but I could have sworn he was on Flash. Um, I think there is a general so, on Flash, but I think, like you said, you've got your wrong actor. Yeah, so overall, uh, he is what I think of Lex Luthor, not Eisenberg. And Eisenberg just, like, the, the whole, do you remember the part where he puts a Jolly Rancher in some guy's mouth? Yeah, that was creepy as shit. I didn't like that at all. And that's not what I think of when I think of that character. I think of intimidation, I think of intelligence, I think of booming voice. I think of someone who gets into a cybernetic suit and takes on Superman. Not yeah. someone who could fucking delete his Facebook account. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, you know, the whole uh, uh, the, the twitchy bullshit just really just it. he just did not seem like he had any gravitas. He, and even when he comes off as intelligent, it just comes off as very snarky and not not like I know I'm smart. Huh. It's just it just came off like I know I'm starting a game. <laughs> well, I and I will say that the end scene in the jail cell felt very Luther, but it took until then to get to it. I will say him on the yacht at the end of Justice League seemed more like Luther than the entire performance of him in Batman vs. I would agree. I would agree. Um, you know, that's Luther, where he's calm and collected and yep. oozes power. But the one that we have, where he just does, you know, well, could I make the argument? Passive. Could I make the argument? Well, that's probably true. But could I make the argument that maybe that's what they were going with it? Like he needed to be all frantic and ended up in jail to get that calmness to, of the Luther we know, and to get to the point that we see on that ship at the end of Justice League. No, they they could have done exactly. They could have just had to be cool and collected the entire time, especially if he knew that he was going to break out of jail, which I'm still trying to figure out how the fuck they did that. Well, they, they, sure. they gave no explanation for that. I'm hope. Well, I'm hoping that when they do the next whatever movie that was supposed to be, where he's putting together the was it the Anti Justice League? I think it's called or whatever. It's going to be. Uh, it, it's either going to be the Dark Justice League or the. Um, well, Dark Justice League, League is the Constantine and those guys, so it's got to be. Or, the, or, no, or it's going to be the uh, uh, Legion of Doom. Yeah. Well, hopefully, when they do that, they'll explain it. Um, real quick, just to get back to your other point, and I don't know why it's not in his individual credits, but I looked up Flash. Clancy Brown is in Flash. You're right; he's in both. He's General yes. Wade Elling. He's only in four episodes, but he's yeah. So I don't, I don't know why I didn't come up when I looked up. Clancy Brown, but yeah, yeah he's I'm, in. I'm, I'm pretty positive he was like trying to get after Gilla, Gorilla Grodd or something. Yeah, I don't remember what that character was doing, but he's definitely in the movie. But he also is, um, 
General Schoonover in the Marvel world. In Punisher so and, and, and Daredevil. And Daredevil. Oh, yeah. So he's playing a general in both both universes. Um, yes. Uh, I'll we got Martha. I will admit, <sighs> okay. I never made the connection. I neither never did I. made that connection. Yeah, neither so did I. So I gotta give them credit to the fact that they fucking rem- like. Like it may, I may, I never made that connection. That fucking both Batman and Superman had their mother be the same fucking name. Yeah, which to be fair is some fucking lazy writing for comic books in the forties. Well, but it was the forties, and comic books weren't are what they are now. And actually, but, the mean, way they the way they tell the stories, Bill Kane was stealing a lot of shit. So, well, I'm just saying, like, or Bob Kane. Well, yeah, you combined Bill Finger with Bob. I Kane. did. I didn't mean to. I did that once on on a on a rant. I never and I never forgive myself for it. Actually, um, so the beauty part is I can edit it out. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't edit my my rants. Um, so I think the Martha thing could have been established if they didn't <clears throat> if they didn't ram the Martha thing so much throughout the episode uh, throughout the whole movie. Well, and more importantly, look, I understand having empathy for somebody in general. Like, I'm a, I consider myself a pretty empathetic person. Um, mm-hmm. But if I hated you and then suddenly find out that we, our mothers share the same first names, not going to make you my best friend. Yeah, I, that's the part I have a big problem with. And especially his attitude at the end, he's like, I failed him in life. I won't fail him in death. Like motherfucker, you helped contribute to his death. Right, but you I, weakened the shit out of it. So I'm and right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tie these two. We're, it's probably best if we just jump back and forth because they are so tied together. Um, Very much so. So when they bring him back to life, spoilers. They bring him back to life <laughs> in Justice League. It. The fact that he's so angry with Batman at that point, like the part where he grabs him and he's holding him up in the air and he pulls the "Do you bleed?" line at him, it's like that was that was badass. I'm not gonna lie. No, it's kind of badass, but it was wrong. And here's why it's wrong: because, at least in my interpretation, by the end of Batman versus Superman, it's no more, no longer versus. They're kind of friendly i'm not saying they're best friends or nothing but they're friendlier so why is he suddenly pissed off again well if you remember that's what he's confused as shit he doesn't know who he is he doesn't know what the fuck is going on he doesn't know why flash cyborg and aquaman and wonder woman are all going after him well right and then okay. he recognizes batman so he gets a flashback of- cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com slash cloud. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Like, 
you and I fought for a minute. I remember you. Well, but even before it happened, Wonder Woman says to Bruce back in the Batcave, if you're the first thing he sees, we've got a problem or something to that effect. And it's like, why? You're all fighting together. You even make a joke together because it's like when they make a joke about Wonder Woman, it's like, did you bring her? No, I thought she was with you. Like, if you're already making smart-ass comments together like that, then why are you fucking hating them? Like, I get the confusion, Rico. Like, I'm with you. But, like, it was weak to me. It was very weak, and I agree with that. But I'm, I, that's I mean, the, the scene was badass. Trying, but <laughs> We are trying so hard to rationalize a bad movie or, if not, two bad movies. But, see, I'll tell you um, right now, I like Justice League better than Batman vs. Superman. I've watched it more, and I actually enjoy it more. I'm not saying it's a great I, movie. I agree. But um, I think it, if they had, if it was just Josh Whedon making a Justice League movie, it would have actually been really, really, really good. I want to see the Snyder Cut. I do want to see the Snyder Cut. It doesn't exist. Well, I don't know that it doesn't exist. You no, know, it doesn't. It doesn't exist because there would if they if there was a Snyder Cut, they would have released a Snyder Cut. I don't know about that. But the other thing. Here, here's one of my bigger issues with Justice League. And it's, again, right around when they bring Superman back to life. And he's at the memorial. What? I, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Well, but it makes, you're going to agree that it probably makes sense. But they're at the memorial. And at one point, they call him Cal. At one point, they call him Clark. In front of people. Yeah, the, Clark, the the cow's not so much, but the Clark, come on. I think, ah, oh God. I mean, that's that to me is less obnoxious and infuriating as when Bruce, in the beginning of Justice League, Batman is talking to Alfred on his little fucking. Yes, Batman. no, that's equally to me. They're equally as bad. I agree with you. There's no way Batman would ever in front of an no. enemy. Talk to Alfred. Or say his name or, or right. you know. Right. But There's to, be, no to be fair, I am astounded that no one has come to terms with Bruce Wayne being Batman. That always, like, you know. Hold on one second. Sorry, Kevin's on 100,000 Pyramid tonight, and I just said it to record. He just put a tweet out, so I wanted to record it so I could watch it later. The hell's 1,000 Pyramid? The one hundred thousand dollar pyramid, the the old game show that they're redoing. Michael Strahan hosted. Dick Clark used to host it back in the eighties. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. You know, Kevin's on it tonight yeah. as one of the celebrities. I'm trying to decipher all these tweets, man. This is hard. Yeah, I know. It's I just don't even bother anymore. <laughs> it's forty nine notifications. Oh, mine doesn't keep a number, so I don't know where I'm at. But anyway. I just don't understand the the talking to the to Alfred or even talking to the criminal about the parademon or the three squares on the wall. Like he would never. But then, the, to be fair, in Batman versus Superman, he would never kill anybody, and apparently he was killing people and branding them. I mean, that's not Batman. That's not Affleck's fault. That's the way the story's written. But what? <laughs> I definitely understand what you're saying. And normally I would agree, but there have been a lot of times where Batman on screen has killed people. Batman, you know, with Michael Keaton, you know. Wait, who did he kill fucking, there? Oh, in Batman Returns, there's a guy where, like, it, that 
there's a guy who's got like di- he puts dynamite on a big muscled up guy from the circus part, and then like knocks him like punches him in the face. He falls down a fucking like shaft or something and explodes. He also sets someone on fire with the fucking Batmobile. I don't remember that one. I don't remember either of those. I'm not saying they didn't happen, but it's been so long since I've seen that one. He also point blank tried to kill the Joker with like the Batwing. He's like. He, sh- he tries shooting the Joker and like all the bullets just like miraculously go on either side of him. And then the Joker pulls out that long barreled handgun, right. aims it and shoots it. So See, Batman I, has tried. I thought that was more intimidation than death, that I, the Joker one. Either way, either way, he has tried. He has been more okay with killing on film than in the comics. And I agree, used- it is against type. And the other thing that's against type is him using as many guns as he uses. Because, like, in most lore, he hates guns because, again, origin story, his parents were killed with a gun. Agreed. Um, but but I he's also got a 50 cal massive gun on the Batmobile. Well, he had that on the... T- well, he had that on... Uh, no, I can see it. No, he had some type of weaponry... Yeah, yeah, he had guns on the tumbler in the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I guess it. That was just basically a fast take. No, was. you're right. It just it feels like this Batman was a lot more aggressive than previous. This Batman. one was way more aggressive. I definitely agree. He was more. Ver- he it was if you took Bane and Batman and combined it, he was ver- he was ferocious. Yeah, well, I don't know about Bane, um, but yes, ferocious is the correct word. Well, I'm talking about Bane from Dark Knight Rises of of, of the fighting style. Yes. It was more fluid. Okay. Dude. Yeah. 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 It I'll was kind of stiff and fucking that kind of shit with fucking like Christian Bale's. Right. Um. I mean the the fighting art. Look, I could trash Batman v Superman like anybody, but I will say that it gave us arguably the greatest Batman scene I've ever seen, which is where he takes down those fucking like. The guy's holding Martha when he goes yeah, to rescue Martha. Like, yeah. When he fucking kills like or fucks up all 25 of those guys in that warehouse scene, that is the Batman we've all grown up wanting to see. That is the Batman Arkham game brought to life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and, the, and I agree. This Batman more prone to killing. I mean, you see it like he flat out like knocks a guy across the fl- across the wall. And like his head hits the wall, and blood splatters. Like this is a violent Batman, because he was tired of beating the fuck out of people and then having, you know, no resolution. So this this Batman is very reminiscent of The Dark Knight Returns, which is more prone to snapping necks than he, any other Batman. Even in that anime, he's using rubber bullets. Yeah, but you know, he still killed the Joker. Well, yeah, and. I guess the argument could be made it's because it's a Joker. Like, no one else is going to do it. The only one that even has a possibility is him. Superman. Superman killed the Joker one time. Well, right, but I'm talking about in just in, if you limit it to the Batman world. I, I get it. I'm with you, but... No, Superman did kill the Joker, though. No, I know this, but I'm saying oh, okay. if you if you were to if you were to limit it just to the Batman world, the only person capable sure. would be him. It's never going to be Gordon. It's Although never going to be anybody I, else. Well, I would argue that probably Jason Todd. Jason Todd would be, have just as much. Uh, would it, Jason like like under the Red Hood? Jason Todd would try to kill the Joker, right? 
and Batman would have to try and stop him and then choose between the two. That's, I think Jason Todd would have killed the Joker if Batman wasn't there. That's probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, um, but I, and I look, I, I, I understand the whole, especially that desert sequence where he's got a handgun. Well, yeah, but that's a, with that being like a dream sequence, that I was kind of okay with. Like, I get your well, it's point, called, but... It's, it's called Nightmare, like Dark Knight K-N, right. Nightmare Batman. Right. But that's the thing, is there's another part of the movie that just really fucking grind my gears, which was all the dream sequences that were either premonitions or just dreams. Right. Like, the, the whole Flash visiting him sequence. What the fuck was up with that? Obviously, they were really trying to set up Justice League, and then they fucked up. Because Wait, when did the Flash visit him? The Flash visited him, and it was Ezra Miller's Flash, but he had, like, a beard. And he said, am I early? I'm too early. Okay, you were right. You were right about him. It's Lois. It's been all about Lois. And then Wait, in that he wakes sequence? up. And but then he wakes up this paper slide. So it was. Now I have to go back dream, and watch that. It, what they were trying to do was they were trying to set up that right. uh, Clark Kent or Superman becomes evil. Like Superman was supposed to be bad. Like he was supposed to have a black suit right. for Justice League. Actually, there's, and there's pictures of him wearing that outfit. Now, it ended up not being in a movie, but there's pictures of him out there wearing that outfit with the mustache because well, it was like, during the reshoots. Well, a lot of them were uh, doctored. A lot of them were like, oh, this is they? what it could have looked like. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought they were actual. Sorry. No, but that was the original intent was like Superman was supposed to be for the first half of the Justice League, the bad guy. And then they had to find his redemption. And Lois was supposed to like that whole like the Justice League fighting against Superman. That was supposed to be like a longer sequence. Which, by the way, that was one of the other badass parts of the movie, honestly, is like they're all, he's holding all of them, and the flash is coming around the back, and Superman's actually able to turn and see him. That was pretty badass. I admit that that was my favorite part of Ezra Miller because I didn't like him as the flash the entire right. time. I that agree. was my favorite part where that look of just like, someone caught me. But that's also reminiscent of uh, X Men Apocalypse. They do the same exact thing with Quicksilver and, and Apocalypse. Well, yeah, but it's different. I know what you're talking about, but it's different. I th it, it was better executed in Justice was, League to me. 100%. But here's uh, the thing. And, and talking about execution of the Flash stuff, they did a better Flash sequence with Wonder Woman than they did with Flash in the entire fucking movie. What do you mean? When Wonder Woman's saving that group of people in London from the Echo Terrorists or whoever, and the guy's got the gun, and he's shooting across the, the group, and she basically runs across, that was a better yeah. Flash sequence than The Flash. I, I don't understand how, like, three-fifths of the Justice League can all move super fucking fast, because presumably Aquaman can move super fucking fast as well. So, only underwater. I think he can only do that underwater. And I well, my, that's my point is why the fuck was he in this movie? Why there was, was no, he just there was because he's in the original Justice League. They would have been better off putting a John Stewart or a Hal Jordan in this movie and leaving him out of it personally. But agreed, if they had taken the whole thing and replaced it with a Green Lantern, it would have been a far better move. 
and then have like the I don't know the second Justice League be in the fucking ocean where Aquaman's actually needed, not in the middle of the fucking Russian desert. Right. No, absolutely. So there was that, and then, but that there is one positive we should talk about, and that's and it's a brief thing, but J.K. Simmons as Gordon. I thought he did a good job for a brief cameo. I thought he did a good job. I thought he did a good job. I he got buff for the role, so I was really kind of expecting something to happen. Right. Well, maybe like, he was supposed to in the original. Him, like, yeah, I saw that, and maybe he was in the original well, like dual movie thing. He was supposed to. Well, maybe he would have been uh, in a because at one point Gordon becomes Batman. Okay. He's in a big giant mecha Batman suit. Kind of like thing. what he wore when he fought Spider Man, or more like a Hulkbuster, or not Spider Man, but Superman. Or more like a Hulkbuster. Uh, it, was, it was more reminiscent of like a Hulkbuster or Hulk, okay. uh, not Hulk, uh, Iron Monger, more adapted actually. Okay. Okay. Um. So, I mean, yeah. Look, Justice League is ju- to me Justice League is better than Batman vs Superman because you can. There is some humor. I almost think there's a little bit too much humor, especially since it's it, it is sort of the Thor Ragnarok in its own way. Where it's mm. it's funnier, you could tell it's a different director because it's funnier well, yeah. than it should be. But I don't think it's. I'm trying to think of the but Marvel it, it clothing, changes I don't think the character. What's that? It changes the character because, like, there's a lot of obvious Joss Whedon dialogue. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Joss Whedon is very snappy and very snippy and very clippy. Whereas well, yeah, that's, Zack Snyder, it's the first Avengers. Dialogue. First Avengers like that. Yeah. But that works for the Avengers because it does. But when you get to Thor Ragnarok, which is just way too funny, and Thor is way too clippy, I that's see, what I'm talking about. Where you can just I, totally see a different change of tone of character. Well, and we've talked about the movie already, so I'm not going to go deep. But I liked it. I liked that take on Thor. I thought it was a good good switch. I know you didn't like it, but I did. I thought I thought it was just too funny. I thought it, it didn't seem like the character that was in the previous two films. And that's how I felt is this Batman in particular was radically different than, yeah. than well, the previous be- Batman. Because especially this one versus Batman versus Superman, he was much more self-deprecating, like to the point of like too much. Do you know what I mean? I didn't mind some of the jokes, think- but it just, it was more, it was more the, you know, I failed him. It's my fault. And I, you know, that whole, that, I, no, I mean, and look, the, I I don't want to cut off your point, but like Kevin brought up something that on a, I think it was Babylon that I agree with at the end of Batman versus Superman. I think it's it's either the end or the bonus credit scene, and I don't remember which. But you see the coffin, and the dirt starts to levitate itself off the coffin, and yeah. yet they needed to bring him back to life. On their, like they needed it to do it. Clearly, they did not know what the fuck they were doing because there was there was all those dream sequences we were talking about before, all these premonitions, all the like the whole Batman out in the desert thing was an allusion to Dark Side coming out, and then Dark Side never shows up because Steppenwolf takes over. Well, because it was supposed to be in part two, right? But at the same time, it's like, how? Why is Batman having these premonitions? Yeah, I why? Don't know. Why? I don't know. That's a good question. And, I mean, yes, he is the Tony Stark of the DC universe, but like, 
even Tony wasn't getting premonitions. He was having nightmares. Well, but, and you could argue I, I, there... I can agree that there'd be, but there's a difference between a fucking nightmare and a premonition. Well, you know, I mean, you could argue that Tony's that, stuff weren't nightmares. They could have just been premonitions, but I, I mean, his his nightmare where he goes into his family crypt and that giant bat creature like grabs him by the throat or something. That's a nightmare. That's Batman. That's his duality of like choosing to be Batman over uh, being Bruce Wayne. That's that's his aggressive side taking over and attacking him and it's scaring the shit out of him. Right. That makes sense. That, that's a good dream sequence. But the whole desert scene and the whole Flash being like, you know, it's all about Lois, blah, 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 blah. Like, just doesn't make sense now. Because they, you could tell, honestly, it's kind of like The Last Jedi. Like, you see they put, up a, they put up a lot of, like, a beginnings of a story that all the filmmakers had to do was just adapt what that was. And then the filmmakers went another direction. Yeah. You know, that's all it is. And... I mean, I, I would love to see a Snyder cut. I'd also love to see a Joss, a Joss Whedon cut. And I know Joss Whedon was very aware of how bad this movie was looking because the opening credits, it shows like people in disarray and people are mucking people because there's no Superman. When it gets to the written by Joss Whedon caption, there's a homeless guy holding a sign that says, I tried, and then written by Joss Whedon. So even Joss Whedon put himself in, he's like, look, I know... I tried, guys. I really tried to fucking fix it. Oh, you think that was on purpose? One hundred percent. Okay, I'm not saying you're wrong. Because I'm just... it's yeah, it's it's stylized right at that moment where it's just like I tried, and then like by Joss Whedon. Okay. Also, we have talked. We have to talk about the reason why Zack Snyder was not director, officially director, or he no, he's officially director, but why he by why Joss Whedon had to step in? Yeah, because that's more to you than me. Go for it. Well, the main reason why is because Batman v Superman sucked. And Suicide Squad had some bullshit. Whether he wants to admit it or not, he's essentially was the Kevin Feige. But the problem is, is, is he's not a Kevin Feige. Kevin Smith had a quote, which was, Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Seeing Dawn uh, of Justice, Batman vs. Superman, it looks like Zack Snyder had read one comic book, and it happened to be Dark Knight Returns, and his favorite part was when Batman and Superman fought. And they tried to make a whole fucking movie about that. That's the impression that I got to, which was Zack Snyder doesn't doesn't read comics. I would you know I would make a counter argument to that. And it's not even a counter. Let me take that back. It's an ad- addendum to that. Because I mm-hmm. agree with that quote hundred percent, but I think he also read Doomsday. The Doomsday story. That's the two I think he read. I think that was more David Porter. Okay, okay, I could see that. I, I can think, give you that. I, I think, I think David S. Fuller was the tr- the driving, and also Jeff Johns. I mean, I think I'm not blaming just Zack Snyder. I'm blaming everyone who was a part of this film. You know, everyone who's a contributing factor, David S. Fuller and Jeff Johns, all could have said, "What the fuck are we doing? We're making this way too complicated. It's a three hour movie when it shouldn't be. 
We need to edit the shit out of this, and we need to make it good. And no one did that. Warner Brothers gave a standing ovation when they saw an earlier cut. How? How the fuck did they give a standing ovation? Um, but the whole reason why he was booted for Justice League was because Batman vs Superman sucked for the most part, or it didn't. It was very mixed. I'm not going to be didn't produce. overly critical. I know. Yeah. I know there are people that are fans of Batman vs Superman, and all the power to you. I wish I could be in that mind frame. I just couldn't. there are there are but good his, parts. It's just not overall a good movie. Batman was great. Wonder Woman was great. That was it. It didn't seem like a Superman movie, and it should have been. It should have. It should have been a a Superman sequel, and it was. But they really drag like they shoved everything they could into that movie. You got I, every yeah. Justice League member. Also, yeah. I'm uncomfortable with the fact that Lex Luthor is supplying the logos and emblems for Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman. Because on the computer that uh, Bruce Wayne yeah. takes from LexCorp, he sees all the footage of, of Wonder Woman and, and Flash and Aquaman and Cyborg. There's symbols that are designated for the files, and they're all the Wonder Woman symbol, Cyborg yep. symbol, Aquaman symbol. I'm not okay with Lex Luthor being the driving force of that. I also had a problem with with um, Metropolis and Gotham being neighbors, basically. Like I've always I was seen kind of them okay as with that because they pretty far back apart. To Oakland to yeah, and I'm get that's the kind of what they were going for. But I've always I'm going to be very stereotypical for a minute. But I always saw Gotham as Chicago and and Metropolis as New York. And that well, far apart. Is Metropolis, is, well, is Metropolis and I don't know because I'm still trying to figure out how the fuck Kansas and Smallville are, are one of the same. Well, that's the thing that DC's always done that I've had a problem with in general. So I'm not even picking on the movies. I'm talking about the comics. I'm talking across the board. Is they take these fictional yeah. cities and drop them into real life, real areas. Whereas Marvel has just been real areas. New York, Chicago, whatever. A couple of fake things like Wakanda. I get that. But for the most part, Marvel takes place in real countries, real cities, real states, whatever. And, you know, Metropolis is dropped into the United States. It's a United States city, but they never say where it is. Gotham's a United States city, but they never say where it is. Even going into the TV stuff, like, Star City and Central City and all that. They're not, you know, like, like there are some of them are alluded yeah. to, like um, Supergirl City, which completely is out of my brain right now. Pretty much is Los Angeles, but they don't say it. It's, it's Metropolis. No, Supergirl's in it's a Metropolis. No, no. Well, he's not in a TV. I don't know about the comic really? books, but in the TV, she is in a completely different city. If we're really being know. honest, they're all probably in Canada because they all film in fucking Canada anyway. Well, they do. Yes, it is. Techn- Actually, Arrow, here's an interesting, I don't think they do it anymore, but the first two seasons of Arrow, one of the flyover scenes, like when they would do a flyover to the city as they were coming back in from like a commercial, one of the cities was Philadelphia. They used three different cities yeah. and one of them was Philadelphia. Um. So the other reason why he was booted was because his daughter killed herself. Oh, no shit. I didn't know that. So Zack Snyder's daughter killed herself and they were getting ready to fire Zack uh, based on Batman with Superman. 
but they didn't want to get a lot of controversy based on the fact that, hey, we just fired someone when his daughter just killed herself. So they, so they basically said, okay, look, we're firing you, but we can't fire you publicly. So can you and your wife just say, hey, we're stepping down, we're going to grieve uh, for our daughter, and we need to focus on our family instead of movies. And that's what happened. And then Joss Whedon came in to fill in the void. And so it was, I mean, I'm not, I don't know why she killed herself. I don't know the circumstances of that. Um, and I, and I, and I, you know, we talked about this last episode. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't want anyone to kill themselves. No. no uh, and I, so I, I, I feel for the Snyder family and I would absolutely. never say anything like, you know, you know, when you break it down, it's just a fucking movie. Now, yeah. We're passionate about this. Yeah. We can be heated about it, but, no one has to die or, no. or, or so. And I, and I, I, my theory is that she may have, it, she may have been bullied due to Batman versus Superman. Like your oh, father God, fucking ruined, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's my, that's my thought. They never, they've never released it, but that's. How old was she? I'm Do you know? Young, like late teens, early twenties. Oh, Wow. All right, well, like you said, condolences to the Snyder family. I know it's probably well removed at this point, but still, that's never a good thing, and it never gets easier to lose a child. I don't have kids, but I can only imagine. So, Of course, no parent should ever have to bury their child. No, so condolences um, to the Snyder family. <laughs> Sorry we've destroyed your movie for the last hour, but... <laughs> Still, um, oh, it's it's a uh, national city. Yeah, I, was, I had it. I was just waiting for you to finish yeah. your point about Zach. Um, yeah. So a national city is very, is pretty much Los Angeles, and no, I say that because the LA of DC, yeah, right. And I say that because some of the license plates that you see, and they don't zoom in on them; they don't make it a clear shot. But occasionally you'll see one, and they're clearly fake, but they're written out like California, like you guys have that California cursive type thing at the top of the license, but it's yeah. national city, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, that was my same problem, and I know we're kind of excluding the Nolan verse today, but like that's my biggest issue with Dark Knight Rises. He spent two movies establishing Chicago as Gotham. It was very clearly Chicago, and he shoots the third one in Pittsburgh. Philly. What? It was also Philly. No, he shot those, both those movies completely in Chicago. He had done some in Philly. I... The the football team in Dark Knight Rises was a was the Philadelphia football team? It's Pittsburgh. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, I, which is I, nowhere near I, Philadelphia. I was. I could be. I'm. I not be Pirates. Wrong. Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry, Steelers. Pirates double, are the baseball. You team. you are probably right. Um, no, it was it was a Pittsburgh, and and the rest of the Dark Knight Rises was in Pittsburgh. So you're right. That's all Pittsburgh. But there's no Philadelphia. The rest of it's in Chicago. The first two movies are completely 100 okay. percent Chicago. And it's like, why is that? Because it, it felt like, and even in some of the bonus features, if you watch them, he talks about he went out of his way to establish Chicago as Gotham. He, he almost says at one point, we're going to answer that question about where's Metropolis, where's Gotham? Because some people would say Gotham is New York and Metropolis was New York, which is yeah. a whole other discussion. But he said, we're going to answer that question. Gotham is Chicago or the Chicago of the DC world. It's not Chicago. And then he goes and shoots the third fucking movie in Pittsburgh. 
I, I think he was getting a, he could have gotten some backlash being like, no, it shouldn't be this. It should be our city. And no, it should be this. It should be our city. Well, like New York, uh, New York and Pittsburgh were fighting or, and or again, Chicago and L.A. were fighting. Well, no, there's two reasons he went. Well, there's two reasons, in my opinion, that he went to Pittsburgh. One of them, I think, is a, a common fact. He needed bridges and he needed big bridges for the for that Dark Knight Rises scene. Yeah. For Dark Knight Rises, right. And Chicago's got bridges, but they're like draw bridges and they're loaded a river. They're not like the three bridges in Pittsburgh, those big bridges. That's number one. Number two, and this is strictly my opinion, he didn't want to make the Dark Knight Rises after Heath Ledger killed himself. He planned on making it. Then yeah. after Heath Ledger killed himself, he was like, I don't want to make another Batman movie. And they forced his hand because they had a contract that said he would make three movies. So I feel like he threw a giant middle finger middle finger up at Warner Brothers. And you could tell. You could tell that movie is not with as much love or no. or, or for preparation. No, as, not as at all. It's 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 a fucking train wreck compared to the other two movies. Um, yeah, and we we will talk about the Nolan verse because you and I especially can go on and on and on about Dark Knight Rises. I mean that one, but I, I could go also, on and on I, and on I, about the Dark Knight. Conversely, yeah, about how good very, it is. I can be very critical about it. Yeah, if you take Heath Ledger out, it's a boring ass movie. Well, I don't agree, but that's why we can do this. You know, so, um, yeah. All right, let me ask you this before we segue off and, 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 and the, yeah, because it's, episode. we're at the 315 mark. <laughs> let me ask you, how do you think they can fix this? Do you think, because at this point, DC before, it seemed like they were really trying. Now they're just all over the fucking place with two Joker movies, a whole bunch of Harley Quinn shit. And maybe a Batman trilogy, or or and as well as this other random fucking shit they're doing, Aquaman, Green Lantern Corps. Do you think they can redeem Superman? Do you think they can redeem the Justice League? Yeah, but they got to do a full reboot. They got to stop. They got to they got to make a definitive public statement that everything prior to whatever happens after that point is not connected. It's all other stuff, and start fresh. And you keep a couple of things. I mean, not okay, not everything, but most of. Like you, you, you definitively line out what stays and what doesn't. And here's what stays: Wonder Woman stays because she's perfect. Patty Jenkins is perfect. You just hold on to that, like dear life. She really should be the Iron Man at this point because it's the only good thing they've got going. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. You you can hold on to Affleck if he's willing to do it, but that's but only Affleck, not the whole all this other bullshit centered around it. I'm talking and not and don't link it to the previous two Batmans. Like it's just Affleck as you know what I mean? I will yeah. say and they, I will they need say to do a Marvel approach. Right. And I will say this real quick, just to go back to the movie real quick, because there's one thing I didn't mean to mention. I felt like, and Kevin said this, and I agree with him, they handled the Batman voice the best by giving it like a vocal encoder in the mask instead of just the, the Christian Bale version of things. Um, 100% agree. That was the best idea. And that, I mean, that goes back to Keaton. That goes back to Adam West. I mean, like, and that's not none of their faults. They worked with what they had were given to them. So I'm not, you know, giving them shit, but that was the best idea they had. Um 
well, at least out of what I mean, at least Michael Keaton tried dropping his voice. I mean, he yes. he did. Well, so did Christian Bale. He just Christian, but Christian Bale sounded like fucking Cookie Monster. What? In the first one, he did okay. Batman Begins, he did a good job. It just got progressively worse. Anyway, um, yeah, but I also I have a, I had a problem watching uh, ever since I saw the first Batman Begins. I had a problem with his mouth because he would talk without closing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. Uh, you saw um, his teeth, and you're like, "Why don't you fucking close your fucking mouth, dude?" Well, it was him trying to do his thing. But to your question, so you can keep. Affleck if he wants to do it, but if he doesn't, that's fine. But you find a comparable replacement to him. You know what I mean? Like some of the people we've talked about. You know, we maybe do that. Um, and then you do something Marvel isn't willing to do. And that's you cross the streams. You bring the Berlanti people in. Actually, in my opinion, you asked how you turn around, I'll give you one quick, easy answer. You give the reins to Greg Berlanti. And you let him run with it, because I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. If you let him run with it and bring it in. I'll give you one better. You have Greg Berlanti be the creative force, and then yeah. you have Mark Bernard be a writer. I'm all for that. Yep, no problem. No problem at all. Well, I, I think they could fix it if they focused solely on Flashpoint as a complete shakeup. Yeah, that could be a way so to do you, it. If, yep. You introduce the alternate timelines. You can introduce an alternate Batman. So you shake it up. You have Flash come in. He fucked the timeline. He fucked up alternate worlds. Now we have a new Batman from an alternate world. I would still prefer it be Ben Affleck. I still think he, I still I think he needs a chance to really just be like Batman. I wasn't happy. Yeah, just like I wasn't yeah. happy with Jared Leto as a Joker. I'd rather see his Joker than two separate Joker movies and we're to like pick and choose of which one we like. Well, I would yeah. rather have Jared Leto as a Joker than, than, um, Joaquin Phoenix. Personally. I agree. I agree. But if you're going to do Jared Leto as a Joker, don't do the gangster Joker. Let him be a little more traditional of a Joker and let him yeah. still play the role. Um, you do he that. the role except for the tattoos and the fucking grill. And you know, he, you know, he, it came out very Jim Carrey. And, and for Superman, you could keep Cavill, because I like him. I actually think he does a good job. But the guy that did Superman yeah. on Supergirl is okay, too. So if they go with him, that's fine. Because if Berlanti's, if Berlanti's running our fake universe, he may want to bring him in, and that's fine. Um, right. You know, and and you cross the streams. And you don't have to cross all of them. So you don't need Arrow. I mean, you can, but you don't need it. You know, you don't need... I, I think that would be how they would bridge it, because he is popular enough... Arrow would, he has the physique, he has the acting power, he has the star power enough where he could cross over and be the Green Lantern. Because I don't really want anyone as Green Lantern. But I mean, he's not, I keep hearing he's, star a, he's Arrow, and I, you don't, I, you lose me if you start having him play two different characters. I, I, I mean, I've heard rumors of Charlie Hunnam from uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy want, like being like a, a fan choice to play Green Arrow. I've also heard uh, Brad Pitt. But wait, you're talking about what I would do, and I'm telling you, if you're going to cross the streams and, you, and you're going to bring Arrow over, you got to bring a male. But I'm saying you don't yeah. bring Arrow in. I'm saying you only bring in Flash. You only bring in Supergirl. You know. Um, but Flash and Arrow are part of the same universe. Yeah, but you don't have to bring everybody from the entire universe either. That's well, what I'm you saying. don't have to shove it all into one movie, but you can... 
Oh well, if, well, if you're gonna go long term, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. I'm talking about if you're fixing Justice League, if you're fixing the Justice League, yeah, that's what you do. You, you I think you keep Cavill, you keep Affleck, you let Berlanti keep run the damn thing. You like you, you said, Godot. you keep Godot, right? Godot, whatever it is, and then you bring in Grant Gustin. If you want to bring Arrow, you can, but if you don't, I'm okay with it. And then you bring in Supergirl because I think she's a good fit in this world. When they do these crossover episodes, have you watched some of those where they bring those oh, four yeah. shows together? They're ridiculously good. I mean, the last one they did where they were on on um, Earth, I think they called it Earth X, and it was the Nazis were running things, and it were like Nazi versions of their own characters. Man, holy shit! It is was that, is that is that Supergirl? It was all four. They bring the four uh, shows together. It's four hours of one gigantic goddamn story. So it shows yeah, the Berlanti. Oh, this is this past season for all four shows. They bring I, them all I, together. It, yeah, you're you're way ahead of me. Well, I'm not going to ruin anything that you don't already know because you know the books. Barry and Al, Barry and Iris get married, yeah. and and their wedding gets crashed by these Nazi versions of themselves from another Earth. And they have to they have to fight it. But it's not it sounds tacky, but it would really Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Really, really, really well done. Like, it plays well. Um, and you actually get um, Black Canary back. Because if you know, she... Well, I don't know where you... Where are you at in Arrow? Damien Darkdead was uh, was the last villain I saw. Okay, I think she's already dead then. Is she dead? Will they bring her back? I'm trying to keep track. Oh, uh... The one by Katie Cassidy, she yeah. was killed off. Right. But okay. They, yeah. Well, but they, she comes back because of this this Nazi Earth thing, and and ultimately, it anyway. The point being is that they're able to bring that world together into four hours of amazing storytelling, and mm-hmm. it, it that's what they need to do. And Marvel won't do that. Marvel won't cross the streams. I thought they were going to, and then I've heard that that um. Uh, Feige and was it Loeb? Jeff Loeb? What's his yeah. name? They don't like each other. They don't talk to each other. So those worlds are never going to cross unless one of them leaves, which they're both getting paid way too much money for that to happen. You know, Feige, Feige will never go. Right. And neither will Loeb, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think either of them do. So we're going to have those worlds separate. You're going to hear references because we do hear references. We've talked about that but you're never going to see yeah. the crossover and I, I don't even need a huge crossover i just want daredevil infinity war to be fair and i'm happy but yeah uh, um you know and then like you said bernard writes at least part of it you know yeah and so i would ask you this question to go along yeah. with yours he says he never wants to direct one and i get it and i'm not even going to argue with it would you have him write one kevin yeah right not direct just write Write what? It's got to, it has to be a very specific character. I'll give you two because I think you could handle either one Flash or Supergirl. 
And as much as he directed those two shows, because he's done both multiple episodes of both at this point, I think he knows those characters well enough and knows Berlanti's style enough that he could write for that. Uh, I think he could write Supergirl better than he could write Flash, because I think with Flash, I agree, it gets a whole lot more timeline. And I don't, as much as I love Kevin, I don't know if he can. I think you'd, you would need help for Flash, especially if, you're, if they're going to do a Flashpoint thing. Okay. But but for well, Supergirl, 100%, he could write a script. There's a lot of co-writing that goes on in movies. You know that as well as anybody. So yeah, if, yeah, but you, you asked me if he would just write one. No, I get it, but he, what about him and Berlanti, or not Berlanti, but her and Bernard? Bernard? Yeah, together. I think, actually, Smith and Bernard could fucking write a decent Batman film. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, clearly they, they know the lore. Um, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, as, and I think Bernard would be like, Kevin would be able to, because look, even though Kevin is a great writer, he does kind of fall in his own traps of making it a little bit too scatological. Okay. And you, and I saw that when I read his uh, his comic that he wrote and Walt Funnigan illustrated. The Whining Gyre? Whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. The one with Automatopoeia as yeah, the yeah. villain. There is a lot of, like, obviously Kevin Smith influences, where it's like talking about weed. Like, Poison Ivy is like a stoner or has got weed or something. I, it's like... I think he would be great dialogue, but Bernard would be the one to tell the story. Okay. And Bernard would reel Kevin back, be like, hey, this whole like poison ivy smoking pot thing, not needed. Well, how many times you've watched them together, the scum and grill in the cantina, right? When they talk yeah. about stuff? Yeah. How yeah. often does Kevin say something and then Bernard goes, I would do that, but, and then says his thing, and Kevin grabs him and he's like, Oh my God, I love oh, you. You're a writer. Right. This guy's a writer. Yeah. I mean, how often does that happen? So absolutely. Every single episode. And 100% <laughs> every single time. It almost looks like stick, but it's not. Like, it's legitimate how, because you can tell it's genuine. I think the writer that we both admire of Kevin Smith, of Chasing Amy and Dogma, doesn't exist anymore. I, uh. think, because I think he's trying, because he wrote a story um, because he is a talented writer, but he did one where he was like, he wrote, he, I read it on like a trivia and I was actually, do you know, you're tangling the goddamn thing. Uh, he did a whole, uh, uh, story that I had actually also separately thought of. So I was really disappointed that he had written it before I did. He wrote a whole thing when he was in college or in high school about a, uh, a priest who was also a serial killer. Hmm. And I'm like, that is fucking brilliant. I would love to see that in a movie or or read that or isn't as a that book or preacher? something. It's separate. This is way before preacher. No, but isn't that basically what preacher is? More or less. Okay. But I don't know enough about preacher to really give it. Oh, I don't either. So. But I'm but I'm looking at it as like if Dexter was a priest instead of a cop or working for the cops. Well, you know, and like if you took that. Like Daredevil Catholic guilt. Yeah. And he was also a murderer. That'd be a really interesting story. 
But that Kevin doesn't exist. That was a young, hungry Kevin. And well, now this Kevin, this Kevin is just like, hey, I want to make a weird fucking movie, you know, about two young Canadian girls. I, <laughs> um, I get that point. But here's what I'll say to that, because, and this goes to your point about Kevin and Mark writing a Batman movie. So, four years ago, five, whatever, whatever year Gotham started, but it was like four to six months before the show came out. So four and a half mm-hmm. years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Kevin and Mark are doing an episode of Fat Man on Batman. And this is before Mark's a regular co-host. Like he was just a guest. Right. And they're talking. And they basically create a Batman story where Batman's in a boarding school that ultimately mm-hmm. is run by the Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. And it's pre-Batman and Harvey Dent's his roommate and that's how they become friends because you know Bruce and Harvey are friends before he becomes Two-Face. Right. So they basically wrote Gotham before Gotham was a thing. The problem is that before they could pitch it to anybody, Gotham already been pitched and it was announced like two months later or something. Right. So uh, they are... But that's ki- only like it still work. No, it totally could. My point is Kevin came up with like, at least in the episode, Kevin came up with like 90% of that and Mark just kept like smoothing off the rough edges. Not that Mark's not capable. Mark could do it all by himself. But as a team, and just to go a little bit against your point, Kevin, it was was concise. It was smart. it It was chasing Amy Kev. It was Dogma Kev. But that was also five years ago. That was around Red State. I mean, that was a little a bit after Red State. Yeah. He was still like, I'm making darker fucking movies. Right. So he was in a darker headspace in his mind. Now he's to- he's smoking a ton of pot. And he, you know, he's just like, I'm happy. Everything's great. I'm all I'm just like all happy as shit. I don't think he has it in him to make a. I mean, I don't know. We're still waiting on Moose Jaws. Let's see how dark Moose Jaws is. Well, but, he's making it shot for shot after Jaws, so I don't know how much influence he's having in that. I'm curious to see what he's doing. He says he wants to make a shot for shot Jaws on land, so... I don't know how the fuck they're going to do that. Neither I, I do mean, I. <laughs> I mean, Moose Jaws just sounds... Like, I thought Yoga Hosers was fucking out there. But, I mean, do Moose fucking eat people i know they fucking gore them it can trample them no but it's uh, i I mean i get it look we're trying to make kevin a friend of the show let's not tear him too far apart no but even he would like be like look i know how i'm gonna do this but i don't really even i'm like i just smoked a lot of weed i'm like oh it's great it's a great idea yeah i look the worst thing he ever did was read that fucking article about the walrus that wanted ad because which turned out which to be I fake. I know it was written yeah. for him. Okay. See that I didn't know. I knew it was written to be a joke, but not to go after Kev specifically. Yeah. It was written as a joke. And the, the guy who wrote it was hoping that Kevin would read it and talk about it. And it was overall like, Hey, this is my pitch that you're, I hope you stumble upon. And then there the rest of history. It, yeah. The guy got so fucking lucky. <laughs> Yeah. It worked exactly how he wanted it, but I don't. Even he is like, oh, that's not what I had intended. Well, yeah, but he got a producer credit on the movie, so it's true. It's true. Yeah. 
I mean, he didn't make that much money. But <laughs> I don't know if anyone did. And I, and I, even Kevin has like said, I more or less have effectively ruined Justin Long's career. Which is a shame because Justin Long's a good actor and that shouldn't, nothing, like, all right, and we're getting into a deeper conversation about Hollywood as a whole, but one or two bad movies shouldn't ruin your career. I mean, but if it, we also got Batfleck because of that, because Ben Affleck was having a major career slump and then he had to, he had to reinvent himself as a director. Well, no, so Argo was, it works out. Argo was before Batman and that was, I mean, I didn't see it, but it got really good reviews and stuff. It's good. It's not my favorite of this. I, I still think the town is a fucking masterpiece. First. I haven't seen that, but. Oh, it's so good. But the point, the point is that like, I don't know. I don't even know what my point is. I think the point is that we we would love to see the DC movies flourish. We, we the thing is that we are Marvel boys, but we are also DC boys. So like we yeah. want to see DC movies flourish. We want to see Superman. We want to see Aquaman. We want to see Wonder Woman. We want to see Batman. Batman, I think, arguably is our favorite. Uh, you know, we want to see a good Close fucking second. Batman movie or a Flash. You know? Close I second mean, for he's me. wearing a Flash shirt. Yeah. Um, but we we don't we're not like DC over Marvel. We want them both to flourish, but we have to acknowledge that DC is fucking up. Well, yeah. And we and what well, it's not even that they're fucking up. Marvel just has put together such a perfect formula. They they well, have look, so few misses, if anything. I mean, I know I, you you don't agree with some of them, like like Ragnarok, and and I'm not a huge fan of Guardians two, but. Look, I enjoyed Ragnarok and I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, but are they the best? No. No. That's just my opinion. But the thing about it is even I acknowledge that Marvel still knows what the fans want and they know their lore, whereas Warner Brothers and DC don't give a shit. They, they truly, with the exception of Wonder Woman, they do not give a shit. And I saw that in Dark Knight Rises where they just tried to force this fucking mess of a movie hoping the audience just would accept it. And they did that with Dawn of Justice. And, and for Batman v Superman, I had a fucking temp- temper tantrum. You know, I was like, you know, we are the reason why you should be making these movies. Yep. And you don't fucking listen to us. And you don't acknowledge that we don't want what you guys are doing. Admittedly, and- a lot of people didn't want Ben Affleck as Batman. So I'm glad they ignored all that, that screaming that I was for Batman. Everyone else was against. I was hesitant. I didn't. I wasn't one of the screamers, but I was certainly like, uh, I wasn't certain about it. To be fair, I really was a little on the fence. But I understood their point of view. But I was at the same time. I was like, look, we went through. We went through fucking three movies of bail. I'm ready for a fucking better Batman. Give me the comic book accurate Batman I've always wanted, and they did. And to your point about them listening to the fans, like, obviously, Kevin Smith has more influence than you and I ever. Well, I don't know about ever will, but definitely do now. Because yeah. I'd like to think at some point we're going to have influence. But um, the the point is, he was on an episode of, I want to say Babylon, talking about how kind of the second Thor was boring. And... Hemsworth heard it. Chris Hemsworth heard it. Whether he heard it direct or someone said something to him or played it for him, I don't know. But he heard it. And so when they went and made Ragnarok, as much as you didn't like the humor, they heard that people were saying 
led by Kevin that it was a bit of a boring movie, meaning the Dark World, and they needed yeah. to lighten them it up. And they listened. Now, for me, it was the right move. I know you don't agree, and we don't need to hash that out again. Not because I don't want to talk about it, but there's no point. But right. the overall point is they listened, and they did something with it. You know? Yeah. Whereas DC just says, oh, no, we know what we're doing. And they're like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Well, and okay. And to be fair, you keep saying that. And I have to disagree with one thing. I don't think DC's involved. I mean, it is, but it's not. And here's what I mean. Like, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, Warner Brothers. That's well, like, no, I, 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 no, I know what you mean. And I'm not trying to give you shit. My point is. I don't think Warner Brothers movies or DC movies, whatever you want to call it, talks to DC. No. Like, there's not that line of communication. Whereas Marvel Studios is run by Marvel. Like Marvel, you know what I mean? Like there's that connection. Plus they got Stan Lee on, on speed dial. <laughs> yeah. Which, wait a minute. It's something we, I don't think we talked about when we did Deadpool last week. And I meant to. He doesn't show up in that fucking movie. There's no, no. Stan. What? No. Maybe it's time. Maybe I mean, maybe it's just he just... Well, they filmed like 10, you know, Stan scenes in case he's no longer with us. Well, no, at the same, they, he was in that earlier teaser of Deadpool 2. Remember they threw that like where he like saves a mugging or he tries to save a mugging. So and is that, is that because he's not in the movie proper? He he's in the first movie, but he's not in Deadpool well, two. But he mean, was yeah. in he was in that like one off little. He's like, hey, nice suit. He's like, zip it, Stanley. Yes, I remember that. But I'm mean, saying, does that is that what they're counting as her her his cameo? I think they. I think so. I think they're like, well, we got a cameo, but it's not the movie. Okay. Um. Maybe I, they'll put it. In, maybe they'll re-edit it and put it in the movie. I don't know how it'll fit. Well, figure it out. But anyway, how do we... We, <laughs> we don't know how to end these fucking things. We never know how to end these, but let's just say... We're not we the podcasters you want, but we're the podcasters you need. Excellent. Hey, everybody. CJ here with a few thank yous, and I'll let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music to listen to, subscribe, rate, and comment on the show, or Listen Notes podcast search engine at www.listennotes.com. Go there, type in Podeskew, all one word, and you can stream us right there. If you want to agree with or yell at us directly, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. If you need to contact the show for promotional reasons, tweet Stephanie at PodeskewPR. Check out Rico's YouTube channel, Rico's Rants, on YouTube at www.youtube.com slash Rico's Rants. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music, 96 Reasons. They're no longer online, but you can contact me for a copy of the full song or the entire Plan 9 EP. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music, Theme Askew. You can find his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone who listens to the show. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Tell me, do you bleed? No. You will. Damn it!
a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 